We're back with another episode from Black Widow Deer Lures Podcast. I'm here with the owner, Andy Bogolski, and myself, John McPherson. And today, we are going to talk about mock scrapes. Um, if you guys uh, tuned in the last couple podcasts, we kind of went over some of the products that we had, the differences on them. And so today, we're going to start diving into more of different tips and tricks and things to do in the field and uh, today is going to be all about mock scrapes um so i guess generally first off we're going to start with what are you going to grab and take out to the field with you well what i grab to take in the field to make a complete scrape not oh i can't say that word it's not a half Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, <laughs> I would take scrape beads. All right. Last um, weeks, I would take branch butter. I would have that over the scrape. First of all, you have to find an appropriate place for the scrape right. that has a licking branch that looks like it's going to be. Yeah, you usually can. That they want you usually right. can tell right. where they they would like to scrape, and let's 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 backtrack a little bit. Well, the first before you go, if your your goal is to do a mock scrape, you kind of just figure out what you're going to take with you. All and right, then we'll find out exactly where we're going to put it. I but would first have, now before I go in the field, I want to put all this stuff in my book bag. What am I putting in my book bag? Beads, branch butter, snap caps, interdigital and tarsal. Yeah. I would have um, scrape master lure, and I would have a scrape rope. Scrape rope. So scrape rope the... goes on the end of the branch there right. with the wire, wraps right around like that. You could put it where you want it. So there's your, here's your grocery list of your... The tools you need to do it. Okay. Actually, they we have a um, package, ultimate scrape package. It doesn't have the doesn't scrape. have the rope, but it has the beads, branch butter, has one each of the um, packs of uh, snap caps. It has a scrape master and the dominant buck. Yep. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yep. That's yeah. it. So you can go to blackwooddeerlures.com, and if you look for the ultimate scrape package, you'll see all of these products, and then all you would have to add in addition to the ultimate scrape package would be the scrape rope, because the scrape rope is new this year. It's not included in the package. Uh, we just released it, and it's live on the website as we speak. So now you got all this stuff. It's in your pack. Where are we going? Well, first of all, you got to go where the deer wants to be. Mm-hmm. Too many too many people out there, they put their tree stand. They see a tree. They go, oh, that's a great tree. I don't look for the tree first. I look for the spot first. You have to have the spot where the deer want to make that scrape, where it'll be traveling. You know, you can have a, the best tree around if it's in a, it's a, if it's in a dead area. What good is it? Right. You have to have where the deer want to be. And the deer usually have a reason why they want to be there, be it 
um, slight terrain, slight heightened terrain. I had one time I had deer, I couldn't understand why the deer kept walking in this 10-foot area and not there, not there, until I got the elevation. Right. And it was like two feet higher, but so subtle. That you couldn't even recognize it. You couldn't even recognize it with your eyes. Right. You know, and it was, they liked it. It was maybe just a little firmer. Right. And um, you got to go where they want to be. It's like uh, our property up in Ohio, John. We were up there the first time we set, we stepped on that property. And it was fall time already. Yeah. So we were late. And walking down along that field, we were doing a few things. You can sit there and look. I looked down along the field edge. I look. I said, I bet you 100 yards yeah, ahead. I go, I bet you yeah. there's a scrape underneath that branch. And I looked down about another 50, 100 yards past. I go, I bet you there's one there yeah. because it was so perfect. Yeah. It was so perfect. You know, you had a little oak, oak tree and the branch was hanging out just a perfect height, you know, maybe four and a half, five feet off the ground. Um, and it was out. Five feet into the field. Yep. I mean, it was hanging way nice. I go, got to be. We walked gotta up there be. and what? Oh, yeah. Yep, sure oh, was. And actually, we filmed that. You can actually mm-hmm. see that on the Widowmaker show. That is the episode um, where Janice kills a nice buck. So the, the B-roll, the beginning to kind of lay out the storyline is we were out there, and it was the first time we had gone out there, and uh, I was filming Andy, picking out where these scrapes would be and sure enough we would go up there and there, nine there times out of ten yeah he said that's where one will be we walked up there was another one so and we actually we it was kind of cool we got all of that on film and uh, and actually led into um the buck that janice killed so that was a a great uh a great visual aid so if you guys want to check out Widowmakers tv show um and it's on uh, Hunt Channel, My Outdoors TV, uh, soon to be on Gen 7, as well as uh, you can see some of it on our YouTube channel. Um, and if you guys are listening to this podcast being streamed, you can also see the um, video of this podcast on the YouTube channel as well at Blackwood Deer Lures. Um, so you figure out where they want to be. They, you pick out where they want to be. They And deer are creatures of habit they like edges and it doesn't have to be an edge of a field i mean that's pretty easy right that's pretty easy finding the edge of the field and knowing and and looking down 200 yards and looking and seeing these different branches hanging out going right there 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 that's easy but there's edges in the woods too there's edges logging roads they like to walk a logging road they'll walk a logging road for old logging road they'll walk a old logging road for 30, 40 yards, and then cut off and, you know, ahead where they're going. Yep. Deer are creatures of, um, they're kind of lazy, too, like we are. The easiest path easiest uh, they path. can go. Yeah. I, Least I, resistance. I had a clover field, and they used to come out feeding all the time. And just just talking, just, you know, getting off the subject and just talking about how lazy they, you know, deer used to come from the bedding area, come out. So what did I do? You know, it, it it would get mid shin, high, you know, high shin, you know, almost your knee high, you know, clover. I take the lawn tractor, and I would, the direction they wanted to come, I would have three rows, cut just four foot wide, and they would all angle right, and come together right out in front of me, thirty yards, forty yards out in front of me, and you know what? 
they'd follow it. When they're traveling, they'd just walk that walk right through, right yeah. down the dang trail. So you can you can adjust it a little bit that way. But back to the logging roads. I mean, you look for the logging roads because a lot of times you can see old where the old scrapes were. You can see the um, licking branch nipped off from the year before. Um, edges like that, edges of thick cover and open woods. Um, they like to see, you know, when they're doing that, they want to be able to see because they're preoccupied and they want to be able to see if dangers come, if a yeah. yote or whatever is coming. So that's what I look for. Yeah. So we locate, locate where we want to put our scrape. And then, uh, as we approach it, where, where are you going to start? You're going to start with, first of all, uh, are you going to take any tools with it? I mean. Oh, yes. Yeah. Everybody always. So you got to really be prepared. Like, if you guys are going out to do a mock scrape. Be prepared. You kind of, yeah. You need to know that, that you're going to do this. You're not going to fly by the seat of your pants. You kind of had to have a game plan before you head out. Me, and, I, me, I like, if your wife, I like the garden. So right. I've got these little garden rakes that are, I don't know four foot long handle right. but they got a hole on the one side that's maybe four inches wide and the other side has like three or four um tines right you know just for inside your garden i take that with me it's a great tool i can get in there i can clean the area out scrape it real good um you're not down there touching it you're not grabbing a branch and, and trying to mm -hmm. kick it out and then that's the biggest thing people do they they use a branch they can they, you know, kick it out, and then they throw, throw it over there <laughs> 15, 20. You think the buck doesn't walk around, and no, all of a sudden they'll say, that branch with man, I can see, they can smell that from five days earlier. Oh, yeah, and I know our, our good friend uh, Ben from uh, White Tail Edge, he did a, a video for Booner School mm -hmm. that, uh, that we sponsored, and that was one of the things he said. He said, don't throw... The, the dang stick. stick out in the woods. Take it with you. At least yeah. go 100 or 150 right. yards and then toss it. You yeah. know? There you go. So, so using a rake is a, is a great way to do it. And just, uh, and, and usually just, I guess when, when you're doing a scrape, I like to do it from, not from the approach side where the buck's actually coming from. I generally like to get to one side or the other. I want, I want to do up. it to where I can get to my stand. Yeah. And I don't want my stand. I don't want my stand because you're trying to figure out where the deer is coming from. If that deer is coming, I don't want him walking right towards my stand. Right. I mean, you and me, John, set yeah. on our property up there. We got what, 15, 16 tree stands. Right. You can have the best tree in the world, but if you've got a major, major run right here and they're walking right towards the, um, the tree right within five yards of the trail, it's like, that's a no go. Yeah. You know, you want to be off the trail. You want to be off 15, 20 yards off because, hey, a buck's walking his head down, up like that, and he's going to sit there. You even you even burp the wrong ways, and I go, don't yep, look, look right up. up I mean, deer are different now than when I started hunting back in 1969 or so. Oh, you're telling on yourself again. Yeah. <laughs> Put it this way. Back then, you used to be able to take a big spike, pound it into the uh, into an oak tree, and use that to get up to the first crotch, which is about eight feet, and you'd hunt from there with our recurve bows. There was no such thing as compound. There was no such thing as aluminum arrows or graphite arrows. Right. We had wood, and we killed bucks all the time. 
but the deer are different now. The deer tend to look up more. Yeah. And um, they've learned it. You know, back in, back in those days, back in the 60s, there was no commercial that I knew of commercial tree stands being no, made. No, I don't, nothing. I don't think it really started becoming popular until the mid seventies, mid eight, late seventies. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking like because it was about the eighties when, when I remember like the first real like real tree shows and things like that that were starting on VHS, mm-hmm. and people were starting to film. I mean, because you know, growing up here in the south, I don't know how it was in the, in the north, but here in the south, it was all running uh deer dogs deer hounds and uh, nobody used tree stands there was well, no I'm such the, thing I'm from as, the north as steel hunting right so yeah <laughs> so so when when it started becoming you know started getting into the uh the 80s is when like i guess mid to late 80s when we actually started first really starting to see tree stands and we're and for us running hounds and stuff we we're like why do you want to being a tree <laughs> we'll put this so, so things changed a lot down this, here this is true and i was just a little young but they're talking back in the mid 60s i was born in 57 so but i used to tag along and hang out but my brothers must have been on the cutting edge because we used to hunt out of trees and up in western new york down in allegheny county western new york and I'd go down there. They used to hunt out of trees. All the other camps in the in the whole area. And it was actually Coil Hill, game. You know, two thousand acres thing out there. And they thought my brothers were nuts. And then they saw them sitting in trees with shotguns, with short barrels that they cut off themselves with scopes on them. And they. A bunch of them got in arguments saying, you can't put a scope on, you dumb kids, because that th- that shotgun will shake it to pieces. Yeah. It's like, my brother oh, goes, yeah. uh, you put that scope on a 375 H&H Magnum, don't you? Guy looked at him and said, kicks oh. Like a, kicks <laughs> like a mule, yeah. But back then, back then, all them old guys, they all had bird guns. They had no, right. no they got 28-inch no uh, improved cylinders or modified chokes, and they put some dum-dums in there, and boom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, the location, location, location. You know, you, you got to have, wherever you're going to put your tree stand, you're going to have to be able to get to it and not cross the trail that the deer are coming in to hit the scrape. Yeah. I mean, because you're defeating the purpose if that's so essentially the you're So, you're, you're looking for where the deer want to be, you put up your scrape, and then at that point, that's when you kind of figure out where you're going to put your stand. Not so much, this is the tree I want to hunt, I'm going to bring the scrape to me. Mm. So that's a little different tactic. So you're talking about finding where they want to be, find the edge, find where they like to travel, starting your mock scrape, and then after that, when you start figuring out which way they're approaching and such, that's when you're going to start picking out your location. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's... um one thing you don't want to do is be walking to your tree stand and walking across the trail that the deer are coming in on. Right. I mean, all you're doing is telling them, hey, here I am, man. Yeah, here I am. Uh, you know, thanks for coming to the party. Uh, <laughs> maybe a spiker or a forkhorn might say, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. But um, three and a half, four and a half year old buck's going to say, eh, no. I'm done. I'm out of here. But easy in, easy out. You know, be off the trails. Um you know, if you're hunting the field edges, which I love to hunt field edges, I I love it. Um, 
more than anything. I can see, I can see where they are. I can call them. Um, I like them bottlenecks and, um, we've got a stand called the hedgerow stand. It's not really a hedgerow. It's a, um, 25 yard wide woods. Yeah. A little thick, yeah. little, little thorn apples in a little it finger, and stuff like that. A little finger and it connects to one, one, um, block of woods to a creek bottom 400 yards away. Yep. So they can walk the edge or they can walk right up through that middle. And so we got it, you know, the whole thing covered. And, um, but look for the, the, the correct tree branches. And again, don't say, ah, I found that tree. That tree's a great tree. I'm going to make the deer come to me. Right. Um, 75, 80% of the time, you're fighting a losing battle. Right. Because there's a reason why they're not there. You know, be it terrain, be it they're unsafe, be it uh, something simple as the direction of the wind or, you know, we've got the one tree stand there that what we call a hedgerow stand. You know, the wind can come directly west, which cuts right along the edge of the, um, the edge of the hill, right in our faces. If it's not blowing eight to ten miles an hour, it's a no. It's a no. You can't have right. it right. because what happens is the wind will blow right in our face, but the, we're right on the corner of the backside of the hill. It swirls around and goes right back up the hill. Yeah. So you have to have eight to ten mile an hour wind blowing, get your scent out of there. Yeah, because if it's only, if it's just like kind of waffling in there, then you're busted. We're busted. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so it's all location, location, location. I mean, it's a great spot, but you have to have wind for it. Right. You know, and um, I don't, I don't like two, three mile an hour winds. I like eight, ten. I want my wind in and out. Yeah, and then so that brings us back to so your tools. You're using your um, your garden tool that you like to use to scrape it, or or a stick. Let's say if you found one, but you're not gonna throw it in the woods and leave it in the woods. Um, then w- once you prepare it, that's when we start putting in the blackwooded deer lures. I use once I do that, I use. Um, the the beads scrape master beads mm-hmm. you know this is a six ounce jar about a two ounce two ounce of this would be sufficient to yep. put in a scrape yeah so the six ounce will do you say three to four three to four, three to four scrapes so if you want to do several the six ounce jar is is a perfect choice if it, if you're just going into one particular location and you just want to do one scrape then a two ounce jar will definitely do the trick mm-hmm. then what I do after I put that in there. And again, gloves. And another thing, know what you're going to do when you get there. And be as efficient as you possibly can. Get in. Yep. Do it. Get out. Don't spend all. Don't spend time looking around afternoon, and playing around. around. And <laughs> th- this is, I might get a, get a bad email. But yeah. th- this, is, this is, if you want it to be a good scrape, Hmm. Got to take kids hunting in the woods. Yeah, but if you want to show them how, if you want to show them how to make a scrape, the kids and stuff, make it where you don't might not expect to see deer. Right. And you could have like kid friendly areas, kind of like what we were talking about before. You could have. You want to show them how to do it. You want to include them in it. But there's a certain age, I believe that that when they they still want to 
kind of play and grab sticks. Well, they're picking sticks, sticks and, and they're throwing stuff and they sit on the on ground. The floor. They, they put their knees down. Yeah. And so that's, that's a, a, a tremendous amount of extra scent mm. in the area. And again, like I said, we, you know, we always, again, encourage, take your kids out, take them out in the woods. Um, however, I've done it myself where, where I've got some friends that have some young kids that want to get out in the outdoors and I've taken them to field edges that I honestly, I don't even really plan on hunting, you know, mm-hmm. and I'll just, I'll go out there and I'll show them how to make a mock scrape, let them put the products out, let them do it. And, you know, and it's just not in an area where they can actually end up, you know, leaving so much extra scent by playing and, and, and throwing things around and, and just, uh, you know, being kids, you know, that's mm-hmm. what they do. They're, they're out there enjoying themselves as well. But, you know, like I said, it, it's get in as stealthy as possible, as that's, scent free as possible. You're going to leave some scent, but like we were talking before in a previous podcast and get out as fast yeah, as you can, get in there, get out, do what you got to do. You, you know, lay out, you know, your game plan, Go in, do your scrape, put your products out, and get out of there. Don't lay the bag on the ground, your book bag that you carried the stuff in with. Don't, don't kneel down. Don't kneel down. Yeah, you're trying to, like I said, you're trying to get in there, do what you got to do, put your snap caps in there, yep. and then your branch butter, the preorbital forehead gland on a licking branch above. Licking branch, or, yeah. or yep. you can also put the... Put your uh, scrape rope, scrape rope in there. Yeah, so go ahead and throw that stuff on there. But but have a game plan that you know. Okay, I'm going to start here. You know, you might you might to do the you might like to do the scrape rope first mm-hmm. and put it on there, and then start doing your scrape and put your beads and your caps before you leave. Or you like to do it the other way around. Should be, but have a game plan. Very efficient. You should be able to know. Okay, I'm going in there, and I want to be out of there in five minutes. Yeah, you go there, rake it real quick. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, get the scrape rope on it. That takes about a minute to, for for those two. Get some of the beads in there. Get the snap caps in. Get the um, scrape rope doctored up. You can take a little bit of scrape master to spray it around a little bit, yeah. and get out of there. Get out because the longer you stay there, again, we shed, we shed, you know, we shed skin hair, cells, we shed hair, skin everything. Cells. So the longer you're breathing, yeah, the longer you're sitting there, the longer you are leaving scent, more scent. Yeah, so. Yeah. Get in, get out, and uh, always look where they want to be. An overhanging branch, especially if it's a, a multiple overhanging branch, like a whole limb that's hanging out like mm-hmm. that, especially four, five, six feet out, right along the edge of a field like that. They love it. Oh, yeah. They yeah. love it. And we've done, and Andy's done so many different uh, techniques. We're, we're definitely going to cover some more in a future podcast. Uh, he's transplanted trees before. We've used, uh, you know, he's used a pocket knife to score a branch, drop it down a little better so it can mm. be in a better spot, as well as now that we got a scrape rope, you can actually hang that from a little higher branch than you normally would. Um, so there's different, different tactics we're definitely going to cover in some future, uh, podcasts. But for right now, just, uh, covering the basics of getting out there, getting your mock scrape started. These are the great products to use. Again, you can go to our website, blackwoodadeerlures.com. Look for the ultimate scrape package. And then also make sure you grab the brand new scrape rope that got released this year at the ATA. That's correct. Yeah. And just want to just touch, you mentioned the scoring the branch. A lot of people don't might not know what you're talking about. Basically, if I see a branch and it's a good spot, but the branch is a foot high. Yeah, too high. Yep. And I'll take a knife 
and I'll score about a third of the way through the branch, leaving the branch still alive, and I'll bend it, yeah. and it'll and fold it'll that branch down. down. That perfect area. It still but stays alive. Still it stay, it stays alive. Yeah, because the ones that we've done before, they still have leaves on them. Mm-hmm. They just, you know, he just dropped it down just enough to get it in kind of that, that prime spot where they like it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So and then we'll cover a lot of those again. If you guys are listening to this on the live streaming, um, you can also go watch the video on YouTube and uh, be sure to check back on some of our previous podcasts where we go over all of our lures, the line of lures, the difference between the gold label and the red label, the history of Blackwood Deer Lures. And check out for our next podcast where we're going to start talking about, we, we touched on making a mock scrape. Now we're going to talk about getting in and doctoring up existing scrapes and a couple different tactics. So stay tuned for the next one, and we appreciate you guys listening. Thank you, and look us up at blackwoodagirlures.com. All right.